Well, this is definitely new. Uh, live end-to-end podcast on the uh, endtoendhockey.com website. Uh, you can actually put faces to names, except for, well, moving faces to names, I guess, except for me, Doug. You can see Ryan. You can see Mark. Say hi, fellas. We have nifty lower thirds. Yes. We do. Ryan broadcasting start- from his palatial apartment, and Mark um, is in a shed somewhere. <laughs> if you know what shed Mark is in, call this number. Yeah, exactly. It's not the FBI tip five five. Somewhere in the basement. <laughs> but not his mom's basement. No, no, it's actually not. And he's not wearing a tinfoil hat. I'm pretty proud of the fact that it's not my mom's basement. <laughs> he's not wearing his tinfoil hat right now. He took it off for the show. Exactly. So anyways, uh, we're going to talk a little bit of uh, current hockey events here, or at least we're going to try and not be distracted by the football that's on in Ryan's background, <laughs> and as currently on next to me in my uh, palatial home studio. Um, so let's kick it off, guys, with um, the complete debacle that was Calgary-Vancouver at uh, two seconds last night. Um, initial thoughts? Cool? Bad? Gross, weird, anything? Well, I think when it starts, obviously you don't care so much uh, about the effect it has on the game, and you're just kind of wrapped up in the moment. I know I was you know, just really pumped that there was a line brawl. Uh, and I think had it ended there, I would have been okay with it. Uh, but obviously uh, in the intermission when, when John Tortorella tries to make his way into the Calgary locker room uh, – and and he, yeah, and he's you know he he seems like he took it really personally, and uh, I don't think starting uh, having Hartley start those guys was actually meant to be like a uh, middle finger or anything like that. It just uh, Vancouver's had t- a ton of penalty minutes, scraps all over lately, and I think he was just kind of maybe saying you won't push us around, and it you know uh, Tortorella took it personally, I think, and that's where we're at right now. Yeah, Tortorella seemed to take it strangely personally, but... What doesn't he take personally? Right, well, and, and the funny thing is that he's actually been pretty silent, relatively speaking, over the last couple months. Like, it, there hasn't really been a tort story, and all of a sudden this happens, but it just seemed like an unrealistic... I, dude, why are you getting so mad? You you knew exactly what was going to happen. You you put the exact players out there that were going to match. I did like that Kevin Bieksa stepped in for uh, for the kid that was at center. It was his first NHL game, and he stepped in there, took <laughs> took the faceoff. I was just, what is Bieksa? Did, did this? Did he just get thrown out of the faceoff circle? And Bieksa's the best centerman out there. <laughs> like, what just happened? Yeah, I mean. You know, the, the visiting team has to submit their lineup first, their starting lineup first. So, you know, Tortorella knew what the Flames were doing and what Hartley was doing. And, you know, and to and Tortorella's defense was, you know, he didn't want to put his skill guys out there against that line and and risk. <laughs> Sorry, Mark, I just saw your lower third. And <laughs> he's not going to put his skill guys out there and risk, um, you know, getting getting them injured or, you know, getting them slashed or hacked or, you know, having a, having one of those guys have to defend himself in a fight. Yeah, of course, so, those guys are the slow guys, though. So you'd think, uh, well, hey, they, they're, they're probably not going to take a ton of, like, a blatant out yeah. there cheap shot at, at Henrik Sedin. I, yeah, but if he puts Kessler out there, he's going to lose Kessler because Kessler's going to go fight 
You know, if if, if somebody yes. starts going after one of the That's cities, true. same thing with Burroughs. If he puts Burroughs out there, Burroughs is going to go fight, you know, and stick up for himself or stick up for somebody else. So, I mean, I can understand what Tortorella was doing. I, I, I'm guessing that Tortorella wasn't anticipating a, a complete line brawl. Maybe he was anticipating, a, you know, one of the staged opening fights to get the crowd into the game or to have Calgary sent the tone. But the complete line brawl and just, you know, everything that ensued, I think is what threw Tortorella and, and threw him over the top. And I'm not defending John Tortorella because I don't like John Tortorella at all. I will say that right off the top. I've never liked his coaching style. Why? He's such a sweet guy. Yeah, and he's an American. I'm supposed to love him, right? Um, but I just I, – I can understand why he was upset. I, I don't understand what he was trying to accomplish by going over into the locker room and stealing Clint Malarchuk's glasses. Um <laughs> But I don't know if you guys saw it. Somebody posted on Twitter today and blew up the picture. Kevin Bieksa was actually standing at the other doorway chirping some of the Flames players during the whole this whole thing. He's, he's, <laughs> he's way in the back, and he just kind of pokes his head out the door. But the whole scene between periods, I think, is what makes it even worse with Tortorella trying to, you know, conquer, divide and conquer the Flames dressing room. And it, yeah, it just, in reality, it, just makes it, it was look over. Bad. It, it was over, and he's... He chose to make a move and go into their locker room, and it just—that's what made it over the top to me. Like if it was happening every game, it's not that cool. But when you see this once every couple months, you see these huge line brawls. You're lying if you don't think that it's a little fun. It's like, a little fun. I'm not gonna tell like, that. Oh, oh, here's a, oh, there's another fight. Oh, everybody's on the ice fighting. And, it, like, you're chomping at the bit. It's kind of fun to watch. I mean, it's not something you want to see all the time, but looking at that penalty box with all five guys in there at first when they hadn't kicked anybody out of the game yet, <laughs> Party that the penalty was box. the funniest thing. I, I think I actually tweeted out a picture of it. And just Because then you have the timekeeper in there with all five guys, uh, and it just it looked like a party. Yeah. I'm still not entirely sure how it ended up a line brawl because you see the first – two guys go at it, you know, start to go at it, and you think, oh, a fight. But then, like, the, you know, they CBC zooms in on them, and then it's they just for a brief moment. Yeah, and then they zoom out, and then the whole, you know, the whole line is fighting each well, other. Well, what happened was they were they were taking Bieksa and uh, who's the center? Not was Westgarth. It West, Westgarth. Westgarth. Yeah. Yeah, Westgarth. So Westgarth, they're taking them to the penalty box, and on their way there, they kind of bump into a couple other guys, and then two other guys over in the corner, they start going. And then the, the linesman decides, well, I need to just let these guys go and, and go deal with the fight. And then they just found their own fighting partners, and away they went. I, I was waiting for the goalies. Mm, that would have made it. Yeah, really, Luongo, there's no way, though. Yeah, yeah they didn't seem interested at all. Yeah, he is way more to lose. Kinda... Luongo just kind of went in his crouch and backed into the cage and just kind of watched it all happen. My, my biggest question with the whole uh, intermission thing is, it, you know, we've all been in NHL buildings. Where was NHL security? Where was arena security? Where was anyone to stop Tortorella from going over there? It's good to know I can go to the Calgary Flames locker room anytime I want. Yeah, I mean, is there a hot dog stand down there? Was he just getting a bite to eat? And I was like, oh, I'm going to go yell at Bob Hartley. Why? How in the heck did he get over there? Well, and it's funny because I, I had company last night, and, you know, we were watching the game, and he's like, man, I hope their locker rooms aren't close to each other. And I'm like, nah, that probably won't let that happen. 
Uh, and then it's happening, and I'm like, oh, well, shows what I know. <laughs> the the only thing that was missing from that was Jim Schoenfeld saying, go have another donut, you fat pig. And that's and the, was that, and was that what Jim Schoenfeld, like, was he the one that threw the bench out onto the ice? I believe that was, yeah, yeah I believe it was Schoenfeld. I don't <laughs> yeah, know if it was I think that was. but that was the, the Don Koharski, uh, you fat pig, go have another donut <laughs> at, at the old Boston Garden. But at least Malarczyk kept all of his blood inside his neck. Yes, so. for, for the first time in his NHL career. <laughs> he did lose his glasses, though. <laughs> no word on whether the dip came flying out of his lip. I, I didn't see any in the video, and uh, based on that lipper, it probably would have been visible. I but say he had a massive one in. Good Lord. I haven't broken that I one guess, down yet. I guess the, the one thing about the line brawl that I just don't understand is why do why do people freak out so much about oh I, I can't believe there's five fights at the same hockey's just this horrible thing <laughs> I, I just I don't I, I don't understand because we we'll, we pay money people pay money all over the place to watch I mean you can go the extreme and like a WWE something stupid but people play pay tons of money to watch pay per view for MMA and all these other like boxing and fighting and yet when it happens in a sport where you know that's not the that's not the focal point, but it happens. People are like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. This is just wrong. Well, the argument is, is or the the you know the detractors are always like, oh, hockey's the only sport that allows fighting that you can get away. Well, you, you don't technically you allow get it. Penalized. You get penalized for it. Sometimes you get thrown out of the game for it, as did I don't know four of the guys on the ice from each team last night. Everybody got thrown out except for the two guys who started it. You know, it's like, hey, good for them. Everyone else, get out of here. The best was when they all all the, those four guys were gone. There were guys in the penalty box, and then there was more penalties called for just yeah. you know just regular things in the game. And I think at one point Calgary had six guys on their bench, or maybe it was Vancouver, six guys on their bench. Yeah, go ahead and stretch out, fellas. Yeah, I remember thinking, yeah, hey, they should just stick some uh, lazy boys in there or something and no. give them a nice seat. The thing I, that the thing that bothers me the most about stuff like this, and and it always comes up, and why it, it why it always comes up is beyond me. But is it's always the is fighting good for the game? Yes or no? Give us your reaction. It's like why does it have to be a debate every time there's a high profile incident? Well, nobody talks about hockey unless there's fights. That's true. <laughs> so hey, I have a platform to get my idea across. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad yes. that happened. I'm Greg Doyle, and I write hockey articles once every six months. Oh, but he's a hockey fan, just ask him. Oh, big guy, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed what I saw, but I guess I'm a Neanderthal hockey fan. You know, and I, I disagree with the old guard about a lot of stuff, but it's weird being pretty much in lockstep with them about this. Uh, Neanderthalism, I guess, is... is where I'm at in life right now. So, well, are we are we about to start talking about the wussification of America? Because if oh. we are, we need to call Sean. Uh, <laughs> can we talk about the wussification of Peter Gammons? Peter Gammons? No, we're not. <laughs> I'm not going to touch on Peter Gammons' idiotic tweet that you should go see. Yeah, you about, go, go find it yourselves. How about an idiotic goal, though? How about that mesh goal last night? Oh, nothing we've ever, we haven't seen before at the Joe. They're too busy picking out the new songs for that playlist to notice the puck hitting the mesh. I, I guess my my question is, how is there no rule 
to be able to review a goal that goes off of the mesh, that goes out of play. That's it's, the dumb thing. And I think yep. we've all praised the NHL's uh, review system until, I guess, maybe we didn't realize this hole was there. You would think, like, why can't common sense just prevail there? Right. Like, well, it it's the – and I'm stuttering now. Interception. Sorry. Uh, it falls under the hole you can't review the – whether or not the puck goes off the glass when it's shot out of out of play, you can't review that. That's that's one of those non-reviewable plays. So it falls under that same nature. It's not reviewable on whether or not the puck actually goes over the glass. Yeah, all they need to do is write in, except when it leads to a goal. Exactly. <laughs> or 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 do the crazy thing and just say, you know, this penalty is so hard to call. Let's it it can it can be reviewed. Well, what they the the easy fix would be to do what the NFL does. Every scoring play is reviewed. Right. Right. And sure, maybe it slows the game down a little bit. But I think we can all agree that hockey games move pretty swiftly now. I mean, you can get in and out of a hockey game in pretty much two and a half, and a half hours. hours. Yeah. Sometimes less. Yeah. Some if it's a quick game with a few whistles, we can get you know even less than that. But mm -hmm. if they just do that, make everything reviewable. Now then. If, we, if they do that, though, then you have to bring in the goalie interference being reviewable as well because currently that's not reviewable. I don't know if you have to bring that in, though, because this is – I mean, I, now I think the original reason why this wouldn't have been in the rule books to be able to review it is because – I mean, the mesh has been around for a, a while now, but, I mean, it's still only been in effect for, what, 10, 10 years? Was it after the lockout or before the lockout? That it was before through? the lockout, I believe. But just this, like, one or two years, right? Yeah, not by much. Not by so, much. So it potentially just the rule hasn't caught up with the advancements that they've made in the, in the arena itself. And so whereas before, there wasn't really anything that was reviewable with a, with a mesh. Like, if it was out, it was out because it, there was nothing to stop it from being out. And it, I think that it's just a... It's a hiccup in that reviewing rule. Uh, I'm looking to see when they did it. Um, 2002, I believe. Uh, yeah, June 20th, 2002. Gary Bettman today mandated the NHL's 30 clubs install netting above the glass and that that uh, borders the corners and end zones of their arenas. So it began in the 2002 season. So yeah, uh, 12 years ago. Yeah, it's been that long. By the way, Tony on Facebook has uh, thrown out there that Robbie Fatorik threw the bench. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, it was Fatorik. Yeah, I knew it was an old devil's coach. Yeah, close enough. So we have somebody on Facebook that's... Uh, yeah, he. Uh, I guess he popped in and Hi. saw how awful we are and had to correct us. <laughs> Holy gosh. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're human. We get things wrong every once in a while. Um. So, I guess with the whole goal off the mesh thing, look, I'm happy it, it went in, and I'm happy that, you know, all four officials missed it, and I'm happy the Wings got the two points. And they even wanted a shootout. Um, and we got to see a little bit different shootout lineup, which I kind of liked. Yes. Um, but in reality, the goal shouldn't have counted, and I'm sure we'll see 
I don't know, uh, the King's Brass bring it up at this, uh, what is, is it, uh, I can't think of the, it's Dean Lombardi's the GM of the, the, of the Kings, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he broaches the subject at this summer's GM meetings and says, "Hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we take a, why don't we re- revisit this rule?" And you gotta imagine that Ken Holland will be on board because <laughs> it's, you know, it just helped him out, but it's hurt him too. Well, Ken, and, Holland, yeah, Ken Holland will throw a tantrum until he gets his three on three in overtime. And as much as the Kings hate it, I mean, you've got, Otto, or not Ottawa, yeah, well, Ottawa, Washington, Columbus, all these, all these other teams who are fighting for those same two points and yeah, right now team. the Red Wings Leafs. yeah the Leafs you know you're throwing around a free two points for that goal and you know that could if someone misses the playoffs and the Red Wings get in by a game then you know I who doesn't point back to maybe this one and say uh, there's your two points that you're not in the playoffs with <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, it would it would certainly be interesting if the Wings squeak in by one point over, you know, Columbus or Toronto or whoever, you know, is behind them in the standings here. Uh, Carolina, Washington, Jersey, I don't know. Um, hey, Florida's coming up quick. They're only nine points behind. <laughs> this is, Doug, you just, you just introduced a great segue to I talk did. about the standings a little bit. Hey, all right. I, I, I say we go through and we pick out two teams that we think are going to make the playoffs that aren't in the playoffs right now, and then and then vice versa. Two, like, I guess who who are they going to knock out to get in into each, the playoffs in, in each, each conference? conference? Yes. All right. Well, let's. Or or hey, if you think that it's going to stay the same and that it's not going to move, then you know what are it's just. Well, let's let's run down the top six in each conference so that right now we know who's actually in. So in the East right now, the teams that are in are Boston, Tampa, Montreal, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, and the Rangers. So in the West, and man, are these point totals impressive. Holy crap. Uh, Chicago, St. Louis, Colorado, Anaheim, San Jose, Los Angeles. So those are your, those are your 12 playoff teams so far. Um, so who wants to go first, and let's start with the East. Since we're here, well, I I think that I mean obviously Boston and Tampa Bay and Montreal. I, it looks like they're going to be your top three in the Atlantic. Uh, the Metropolitan's a little different, just because and their their point totals for those bottom two teams, Philly and, and New York, they only have fifty five points, and then you have Columbus and Washington both with fifty two, and New Jersey with fifty one. Yep. So you have teams right on their tail. Mm-hmm. And teams that have all have game games in hand, other than New Jersey. So and man, just two weeks ago, we were you know the Metro was a, a a laughing stock, and now all of a sudden it's it's bunched up quite a bit since then. Yeah, well, it's still a laughing stock. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just the, they've uh, all managed to catch down. each other. Yes, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't look like uh, any team beyond New Jersey has much of a shot. I mean, Carolina's. Only six points out, but yeah. Well, right now the two wild card spots in the East are held down by Toronto and Columbus. Yes, and yeah, I mean even Carolina's only three points off of Columbus, but right. You just don't see Carolina playing a consistent enough game to catch anybody. Mm-hmm. Like they just had their big, <laughs> they're kind of they they played well over the last you know fifteen games where they were able to gain some ground, but. How consistently is that team actually going to be? All right, so who's it going to be? Uh, I'm going to say that 
Toronto Toronto's going to make all the teams in there are are where they're going to be other than Columbus. I don't think Columbus is going to make it. I think that Washington is going to sneak in there. Oh, so that means Detroit misses the playoffs in your That's that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> all right, Ryan. I do not believe in Columbus either. Um but I I I, uh, I don't want I don't <laughs> I, I hate Say all it. of these. Say it. <laughs> um, I really like the idea of uh, Bobby Ryan Ottawa spite getting the the Senators into the playoffs. Um, I wish I could put the Red Wings in, uh, but until they're healthy and I see them a you know an actual collective unit and not random players every other night. Um, I, I think Ottawa makes it in. I, I think I th- Craig Anderson might have some uh, Olympic spite going on. Ottawa has of, been playing very well. There's a lot of Olympic spite uh, on that team, so well, you're gonna have you're gonna have a very upset Daniel Alfredson. Well, <laughs> if he was so, a better doctor, um, so have, who's the other yeah. team? Who's the other team besides Ottawa that gets the wild card? Oh, um, and. Well, no, I just eliminated Columbus, so everyone else stays put. Oh, everyone else stays put? Yep. All right. All right, so you think Detroit's going to miss the playoffs, too? Uh, at this point, I can't put them in, so yeah, yeah, I guess so. Just, you almost, <laughs> like, you look at their team this year, and you're like, it almost seems like a year where they should make it. Well, and, mm-hmm. it, yeah, if they were all, you know, not pulling their groins and having concussions. Right, but I just, I just think in the, in the past, Detroit has always had this team where everybody's like, oh, this, this is probably the year they don't make the playoffs. And no. then they do. Whereas this year, it's like, oh, yeah, it looks like they should be able to make the playoffs with the way that the Eastern Conference is set up. They, they sh- this is like the perfect year for them to switch over because they wouldn't have stood a chance in the West. But here they are in the East, and they should be fine, and they're still struggling. I will struggling. say, Howard's last you know, seven games. He's had two duds and five just stellar performances. So I I, I think if that keeps up, I'm going to be dead wrong here, but I think too much depends on, on question marks and X factors right now. You, so where guys, are you, you guys of little faith, the Red Wings are going to trade for Darren Helm, <laughs> uh, Stephen Weiss, and Johan Franzen at the deadline. And they're going to make the playoffs. Because what have we heard? Getting those guys back is just like getting them in a trade. Uh, was it you, Mark, or was it you, Doug, who said someone Someone actually said that if Darren Helm could stay healthy, he would score 30 goals? Yeah. The, someone uh, said that out loud. The wonderful, flag sh- the wonderful midday show on the flagship, um, the, uh, the bigger of the two fellas. Uh, said that actually uttered the phrase, if Darren Helm could stay healthy for an 82-game season, he would score 30 goals every year. Okay. Yeah. I literally literally almost drove off the road. I'd say that... uh, And, of course, some people agreed with him. Yeah, of course. Uh, If all the centers were healthy right now, how much ice time might he be getting? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got a 30-goal score. Yeah. He's Mike Gartner, part two. Makes me think of Nikolai Kuhleman, and every, he had that twenty-nine goal season, and then everyone's like, "Oh, Kuhleman, he's a 
he should be at least you know 20, 25 goals a year, and then he's six, seven. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to score thirty a year, you got to start capitalizing on more than one out of every five breakaways you get. Um, but that seems just like a good opinion. place to start for him. But yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, I'm going to say, uh, boy. Just to clarify, we're all buying the under on that one, under yes. 30 goals. Oh, yeah. Darren Helm. Okay. All right, I'm I'm also going to bump Columbus out, and I'm going to be the homer, and I'm going to put the Red Wings in. Um, but I am also going to bump the Leafs out. You son of a. I just I <laughs> don't think the Leafs can hold it together, and I I have a feeling Randy Carlisle is going to get blown out after this year. No, and, Randy Carlisle. I don't think he's going anywhere. I do. I think he's and got another year. I'm going to put the Ottawa Senators. I'm going to put the Wings and Senators in the playoffs. I don't think Washington has the goaltending nor the mental uh, stability to be able to to make it. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretty much hold true to the standings one through six, and I'm gonna put Detroit and Ottawa in. Now, at the same time, everything changes at the like if there's some huge deadline move. Correct. You know, if, if Washington were to to deal for a, a good defenseman, or, or what if Washington dealt for Ryan Miller? I was just going to say, Washington Does, could change? deal for Ryan Miller. They could deal Neuver to Buffalo, or who knows? They could even move Holtby. Holtby? Um, yeah, that changes everything. So if, if one of these teams that's currently out acquires, you know, a guy like Ryan Miller. Uh, or, yeah. or what about Tim Thomas? Does Tim uh, Thomas even help somebody? I don't. I don't think Thomas can do it anymore. I really don't. I mean, he hasn't played great with the Panthers, but is he a is he a better option than you know than Neuverth or Holpe? Is he a is he a better option than some some other teams have? Uh, even in a backup role, is he a better option than what? Well, in a backup you know? role, he's definitely better than Neuver. Or Neuverth or Neuver. He was it was Neuver when he was here, you know, in Plymouth. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, right. Thomas can maybe maybe help the, the the Caps in a backup role, add some stability. But I, I don't know. I'm interested uh, too to see the Wings' health after the Olympic break. Um, like I like I said, right now I just don't see enough to put him in, but. If you ask me, you know, a couple games after the Olympic break, I might be right back on yeah, the uh, um, I don't playoff know. streak bandwagon. I don't know if you guys listened to the game on the radio last night, but I did. I was on my way home from work, and a little nugget that kind of popped out of their, their intermission interview with, uh, I think it was Dana Wakiji of Fox Sports Detroit. You know, take it for what it's worth. But she kind of blurted out there, and then they just kind of hung in the air, and no one really touched it, that – Johan Franzen, 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 may not be back at all. Really? Yeah, she kind of blurted that out there, and then she kind of backtracked and was like, well, I don't know if he'll be back for the Olympics, and, you know, they don't know if he'll be back for the Olympics, and but she had already said, you know, they they don't know if he's going to be back at all. Mm. Um, I guess he's really having some issues with this concussion and, and can't seem to work out for consecutive days at a time, and... You know, it's it's going to be interesting, and if they if he does go on long term injured reserve, which I don't know, I don't think he's there yet. I don't, I don't have the Wings roster up in front of me, but I don't think he's on the long term injured. He, he list. is not. Uh, Stephen Weiss right now is the only one on. Well, yeah, yeah and Datsuk's on the short term. Short term, um, yeah. 
they're expecting Weiss back after the Olympic break. And let me tell you, I've been really hard on him, but I, I think when I heard Weiss had a hernia and not just a groin, um, having seen, you know, Miguel Cabrera just, you know... Be a shell of himself? Bump around, yeah. I, well, I, that kind of softens... Having seen Doug Todd there. with a hernia before, it, I know. Exactly, he's, yeah. He's just, yeah. just a shell of himself. Well... <laughs> I don't know if did you I don't know if you guys read the paper a couple of days after it came out that he was going to have surgery but Weiss kind of left it out there that this he said this was something that was had gone back to this summer. Yeah. So the, so the Red Wings knew about this. So he had had this lingering groin problem that they apparently didn't mind, you know, going ahead with the deal. So I don't so know why what didn't he take care of it. Apparently they thought he could play through it. He thought he could play through it. But yeah, he just kind of said, "Well, this is something. This is an issue that goes back to this summer." And yeah, it, it's funny when you have a hernia like this. And here I go on my little soapbox for a minute. It 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 doesn't hurt, but as soon as you try to push it and and strain it, that's when you get the pain, and there's just no strength there because the muscles torn. Right. So. Which, you just can't do anything. You can't perform That's, to your to your capacity. That seems yeah. very strange because the Red Wings tend to be a, a very patient organization, and so for yeah. one of their players to have a hernia and to just ignore it and say, "Well, hey, you know, you got a groin thing, but let's work through it this season, and then well, maybe in the off season we'll get you something." Remember with with Brent Gilchrist. You know, he was the one that started all this years ago where the wings kept insisting it was a groin problem and a groin problem, and finally he had to have groin surgery, and it turns out he had a sports hernia. Which, by the way, Pavel Datsuk's groin is, is taking a lot longer than they uh-huh. anticipated. So now, you're, now knowing what I know about Weiss, I'm kind of throwing up those question marks like, yeah, they keep saying how close Datsuk is, and yet, you know, he's not out there, so... Yeah, this starting to wonder about him. This mysterious lower body injury. Is it a groin? Is it not a groin? Is it his ankle again? Is it his knee? Is it a hip? You know, who knows what it is? You know, at least with, when Zetterberg goes out, we, you know, 99% sure it's back. his back. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Sounds like just, the Red Wings need to hire a chiropractor. Yeah. yeah or, one for Franzen's chiropractor, for the same guy who did Crosby's concussion stuff. Yeah, or... helped him come back. Or they need to just get, you know, when they find out about these groins and they need to get the MRIs done right away and then get it fixed right away and get these guys back healthy sooner. And, I mean, the same thing with Darren Helm. What's the real deal with Darren Helm? What's going on? You know, it, all of a sudden it's this mysterious shoulder ailment that's, you know, that's that's plaguing him and he can't get back in the lineup. And it's, you know, looking back at that contract that he signed, it's just... it's. I'll, Two and a, you know, two point one two five. It's like he's played seventeen games. Yeah, I th- I think these are some some questions I wish would be asked to them because you know, I how often how long can you just go along with whatever they're saying? Like I, I at this point I don't know why what their motivation exactly would be to to be dragging these out or not be forthcoming about it but well it, i mean there's definitely more than meets the eye here right now and yeah i mean with a guy like datsuk if it is a a, a sports hernia or something like that and, and we're we're speculating wildly here but yes it's our podcast and we can do that if we want um you know i can see why they wouldn't want to say they wouldn't want him to have the surgery right away if it's not hurting him because 
think about it, a seventy percent Pavel Datsuk is still pretty good. And if you can, if you think you can limp into the playoffs, you know, no pun intended. <laughs> um, it's, it's the Miguel Cabrera argument all over again. Exactly. That's why the Tigers didn't have him have surgery during the season because they need him to get to the playoffs. And that's you know that's all this team wants to do right now is get to the playoffs, keep the streak alive, and then whatever happens in the playoffs is cake. It's icing on the cake. If they can make a run, great. If they don't. Eh, we still have the streak. That's and, we'll, and we'll be healthy next year. That's just a stupid way to think. Who cares? I agree. Who cares? It's a, well, I mean, people like you and I don't care, but there's a there's plenty of people who think that's something, I think. I, I mean, is it something? Yeah, it, it's it's impressive, but now, well, now you're running the your risk. Of, on it. Well, look at, look at it this way. Not Do when you, you sign Weiss and uh, Alfredson in the offseason. That shouldn't be... Your thoughts. That look, should be win now. Yeah, but look at it this way. Do you guys think right now the Red Wings management thinks they can win a Stanley Cup this year? No, not a chance. They basically have said it without actually saying it. That, then, then, hey, then, this year we know it's not going to like we're going to have to figure out a lot of a lot of things. We have exactly, a lot of holes. Exactly. So what is the what is their what is their goal now? Just get in. Just Clearly, yeah. Well, and, just and, get in. Any goal could. I mean, we saw LA, an eight seed that had. They didn't look like a team that was going to win the cup, and they ended right. up winning the cup. Well, All you have to do is get in, it. and you can win the cup. Exactly. Yeah. But that then, comes, then, then it also comes with a built-in excuse that if they just get in, and then they flame out in the first round, or if they're able to get to the second round like they did last year and lose, and then after the season it's like, oh, that suit needed surgery, or this guy needed surgery. Oh, this guy's – there's their built-in excuse. Yeah, it's there. I just – but the – don't the – and maybe we're speaking about different things here, but don't By the – By the way, the Seahawks are going to the Super Bowl. Yes. <laughs> don't the additions – I can – I when I talk, I can see it in the <laughs> background of my TV there. Uh but don't the signings of Weiss and Alfredson um, say that they they intended on and they really believed heading out of the uh, the quarterfinal last year that they were in a spot where they could win now? They did this summer, right? But so we're saying, but we're saying, so how the season has progressed? Yes, that's where uh, we're okay. How the season has progressed, how they've been devastated by injuries, and how the roster is now. Yes. And okay. Ev everything, everything as a whole, I think that they look at it right now and they think we're not good enough to win the cup right now. I don't think they ever thought defensively they were good enough to win the cup. They, they don't have even close to the depth that they would need to win the cup or the, the personnel. I think Kyle. they banked really heavy on last year's quarterfinal, like how the defense played there. Um, and I think that's why you kind of saw them be stagnant at the position and willing to kind of uh, see how they grow. You guys, but, you, no, you guys are missing it. De Kaiser was their was their big ad this summer. Yeah, they signed him last year. They got him. He basically played a preseason, got some great playoff experience, and then Danny De Kaiser was their big star defenseman offseason acquisition, basically. Which. I mean, it's not he's not the worst guy that you can pick no. up and and bring along. He's but he's not I, the second coming of Bobby Orr. No, he's not no. Nicholas or Nick Lidstrom. Lidstrom. I mean, Shh. Okay, so let, everyone here wants to believe that you guys. 
I, I say we move on to the West. The Red no, Wings I want to talk home. more Red Wings. <laughs> you know it's just going to come up anyways. Let me oh, talk about other things that I know all right, about. All right. <laughs> I forgot we haven't picked our right? West teams yet. <laughs> I know that yes. eventually we're going to come back to someone's groinal area on the Red Wings. So. <laughs> the odds are good. Is, all right, there, so is there a reason why I never come up when I'm talking and all I see is just Doug? Is, you probably picked, uh, selected you. Is there a blue? All right, no. let's do some tech support on the fly here. Yeah, right? No, uh, I, there's not a blue thing on me. I act, I clicked it off, but I just never see myself whenever I talk. But that's uh, okay. I, I don't know. We no, see you. Uh, call tech support. <laughs> all right. Uh, there's Google. Okay. All right, so let's get to the West. Chicago, St. Louis, Colorado, Anaheim, San Jose, and Los Angeles are all currently in. Wild card spots occupied by Vancouver and Minnesota. Go. Well, I guess I'm starting. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, obviously, uh, obvious, the, the teams that are in the divisional lead, those top six, again, I, I don't see any of them falling out. Nope. Uh, I mean, you may, maybe there's a shot if... No, no, there's not. There's not. Because Vancouver's not good enough to put, to put a huge stretch of games together to make up those five points. Neither is Minnesota. I don't think that Minnesota or Vancouver are necessarily safe either. Vancouver can't score for their life. They barely beat a horrible Calgary team. And uh, Minnesota, has they've kind of been a Jekyll and Hyde kind of team where yeah, they play well for stretches and then they just kind of fade away and disappear and lose some, some games they should win. So I think that Phoenix still has a chance. Phoenix hasn't played great lately, but Phoenix just – there's – there's something about playing there where there's such minimal pressure. Mm-hmm. It seems like towards the end of the season, they they always find a way to get in. But other than Phoenix, there's really, I mean, Dallas, Dallas is not going to make up nine points, and Nashville's not going to make up ten, and neither is Winnipeg. So, nope. I, what if, I what think if Winnipeg I, adds Ryan Miller. If Winnipeg adds Ryan Miller, then yeah. I think they're uh, they better. Sign him to a giant extension because there's no way in God's sweet name that they're gonna he's gonna stay there unless he's nope. uh, unless it's guaranteed you know eight years at eight million a year. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, Buffalo to Winnipeg is a lateral move. And <laughs> no, I, I I would contest that because Winnipeg has some they have some good pieces. Yeah, Gergensen's uh, really like. Isn't it a matter for Winnipeg of, you know, when are they finally going to mature? I, they well, certainly have some well, up they got and coming. The West. Well, <laughs> they, they would have probably made the playoffs in the East this year. Well, you well, also got to remember they're, play, they're playing with out of Vander Kane right now, too. Yep. That is well, true. And they're talking Evander Kane might move, Bufflin might move, I mean, even Ladd is, is on the – on the block, but well, he's he's been in rumors, not on the block. I don't but. I don't think there's any way they move Kane now after making a coaching change. It's a good call. Well, I mean, but they brought in Paul Maurice. Paul Maurice is the ultimate stopgap. <laughs> and apparently, he doesn't have a contract. <laughs> he doesn't. He has well. He has he has this year. He has a contract. But yeah, he's this, like he's working and just hoping his security card works every day when he shows up. Yeah, Tim Shevel Dayoff said that. He's like, yeah, we, you know, we, we talked on the phone, and then we flew him in here. He signed the papers, and we just haven't had a chance to talk about next year. 
<laughs> I, I, you, hey, we don't know if this is something that we want to do full like for a a long time. But for now, you're the you're the coach for the rest of the season. I think is what they basically have said to him. I got to imagine. I like I I like Minnesota where they're at. Um. It would be another well, uh, I, I, Chicago would have to catch up to Anaheim, but you almost have a Minnesota, Chicago rematch from last year. Yeah, and that that didn't go all that well. Um, but perhaps they won't get the freak goaltending accident at the beginning of the series. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was the weirdest thing. Uh, Minnesota's goalies right now, I think, are really the Jekyll and Hyde story here, right? Like, I, I think Minnesota still plays Minnesota hockey, uh, but uh, since Josh Harding had his his medication. Um, Increased, readjusted, readjusted. Yeah, whatever you want to say. Uh, he hasn't been. The, I know he's played a couple games. He hasn't been the same. Um, and and Backstrom just really hasn't been consistently good either. So um, I like Minnesota where they're at, and I think I'm going to keep them there uh, because I I just don't believe in the Coyotes. And I think you're right in saying that the Coyotes are really the only team I think here that that could threaten that that eight spot. Yeah, and, and I, I think probably Minnesota jumps Vancouver. Vancouver just does not look good. They they've been struck. They can't score. They have the Sedins. When's the last time the Sedins were an offensive powerhouse? Where you were watching a Canucks game and you're just oh yeah, that's the Sedins that we know. The Sedins that two years ago led the league in scoring and and I they just don't look like the same guys. They. They all, just, I, I hate to say that they don't. They look like they don't care because I, I don't think that's true. But they just don't look like the Sedins. They they look like second line guys where they're I, at right now. I'm starting to think that there's Welcome a little to John bit. Welcome Tortorella's uh, coaching system. Right. I'm starting to think there's an epidemic in the West uh, where, and it, obviously it's hard to criticize them because look at look at what the Western Conference is doing. Uh, but teams seem to really stick with their core. For, for a long time and it, you know your Anaheims who they'll you know they're kind of the Sharks 2.0 they'll tear, tear through the regular season but except they've actually won well they, the they won yeah but <laughs> since then they're the Sharks but they're actually since good. then since saying. then the Ducks have yeah the, the Ducks have flamed out though um, every other season with that same core and obviously Anaheim last season uh, committed real hard to their Getzloff and, and Perry, so uh, nothing's going to change there. And and, and I, I know I sound ridiculous <laughs> criticizing a team that's you know only lost nine in regulation, but yeah, that's only um, twenty zero and two at home. Right? Yeah, yeah. Look at me, you know, poking the bear from here. But um, Marlowe and Thornton. Just they've never led you anywhere, um, and Vancouver's no, kind of—they got to the finals, but you know what's that really mean? Well, uh, let's talk about what that really means. Going to the Stanley Cup Finals—that means a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to be the uh, the the bland, boring one here. I don't think the West standings change at all. Yeah. Okay. I think I think the 
the uh, eight teams that are in right now are going to be the eight you see at the end of the year. Could could Colorado catch St. Louis? Could could those two teams switch places potentially? Yeah, and you know you could maybe L A San Jose L A San Jose flip, but I think for the most part those eight teams are going to be those eight teams. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Phoenix has the uh, has the scoring to to keep to to climb in the standings. Dallas, you know, Dallas is still learning what they are. Nashville doesn't have the goaltending or the scoring. Winnipeg isn't that a weird thing to say? Nashville doesn't have the goaltending. Well, it's because Pekka Rinne feels so weird. Right, right. I mean, I but mean, he may have to retire. Ten years. Yeah, but Nat, uh, Pekka Rinne may have to retire. You know, it, it's that weird what was the weird infection, the E. coli infection in his hip, yeah. and you know, he's not even he can't even skate yet. He can't even work out. It's intense. So I, I just think the West is going to stay exactly the way it is. Hey, small side note here. Um, if you didn't see the Navarro-Bowman knee injury, do yourself a favor and don't. Um, oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's bad. So, That's sad there. Yeah, so there, there, there's that. Um, By the way, Alex Steen back from injury, back from his concussion. Yeah. Um, That'll be big. Yeah. If he can – I, I – I'm interested to see if he can continue the pace that he was on before then, because I mean, if he, if he does, then a, uh, the Swedish Olympic team is looking good. Uh, and B St. Louis, I think would finally have enough scoring to maybe go deeper into the playoffs than they have been. Uh, I noticed two, two things as I just kind of stare at the standings when I see Anaheim already said it 20, zero and two at home. And then you realize that the Red Wings have lost 17 games at home, and Anaheim's won 20. <laughs> I would, I <laughs> would love crazy. to. I would really love to. Uh, not, not the Red Wings PC answer, but I would really love to know what the Red Wings uh, uh, think is going on at home. Um, because I, I, their their road record is solid. Yeah, they they have one of the best road records in the league. I mean it. Like you can't blame it necessarily on the atmosphere there, but is it hard to get up for games at the Joe Louis Arena, like night in and night out? I mean, every once in a while you get one of those electric crowds, but I, I don't think you could. I don't think you could say that because they've always had a winning record at home up till this season, right? That's I. That's true as well. But yeah, you know what's going on there. That's just. It's not a good theory. It's just a theory. I blame the DJ. That's. <laughs> Fair enough. The music puts the players to sleep. You know, I'm looking for another night gig. One, one, <laughs> uh, one other thing I noticed, uh, Buffalo Sabres have 86 goals for. The next lowest is 109. The Calgary <laughs> Flames. They scored 23 less goals than any other team in the league. And they've scored, you know, basically close to a 100 less goals than the Chicago Blackhawks, who have oh. 184. Good That's brief. This is boring and Bad. stupid, but when I'm when I'm short a goalie start on my fantasy team, I will find whoever is playing Buffalo that night, and it doesn't matter what their stats are. I'll just throw them in there because why wouldn't you? They can't score goals on anybody. They score less than a goal against less than two goals a game. So that's my fantasy tip for the week. That's brought to you by someone who's not paying me. All right. 
right. Well, well that brought the show to a screeching halt. <laughs> um, quick, Sidney uh, Crosby named uh, captain for the Canadian Olympic team. Marty St. Louis is obviously pissed off at being snubbed because he goes out and scores about 18 goals, uh, and he gets four every night, it seems. He's now got 25 on the year. Um, I, I, I'm still unbelievable, unbelievably shocked that he didn't make the team, but whatever. If, if Canada doesn't... If Canada doesn't win the gold, uh, if and it's goal scoring that was the struggle, that'll be the one thing that people look back and just go, "Dude, Steve, you you had him on your team. You get to watch him every night. Why wouldn't you have included a guy who is dominating the best league in the world?" What if, What if it's, Canada loses the gold medal game for nothing and St. Louis isn't on the team? <laughs> Everybody points and says, "See, Steve, he was right he, there. He could have scored four. He's done it before. And by the way, Steven Stamkos has uh, resumed practicing with the Lightning. All indications are that he will be available to play in the Olympics. Yeah, that guy's a freak. He is a freak. Nuts. And I don't want to suggest it, but um, he is awfully close to Miami. And, oh, I don't want to suggest it. I don't want to bring up the ugly DED word, but I just did. Oops. <laughs> no, it couldn't possibly be anything in hockey. Could it? No, I mean, look seems at awfully quick. Wink, seems awfully wink. quick. Yeah. Oh, one thing. One thing I wanted to point out, and this is totally toot my own horn, but uh, when, last show when we went through and we tried to guess the defensemen that Team Canada were going to take, yeah, I, I got them all right. So. All right. <laughs> I mean, right. by that I meant our show got it all right. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's exactly what you meant. <laughs> Guys, we got it right. Thanks, Mark. Are you making the T-shirts, or or, uh, or will I have to? Do I was that? hoping that you'd make the the hats, like the one you have on right now. This this hat. Yep. yep. Doug, how much are they paying me to wear this? Uh, in, not in enough. Free hats. They're paying not me enough. free hats. Yeah, they gave you a free hat. That's that should be more than enough. <laughs> All right, guys, you want to wrap it up here? I yes. think so. I think All that's right, a I great think idea. In a future edition, as we get closer to the trade deadline, since it is still 45 days away, we will touch on the uh, best rentals out there, which is a very short list because there are not a whole lot of good rentals out there. Uh, and who knows, the list may change by then because teams will fall in and out of the playoff picture. Um, so I'm, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. I'm hoping the Leafs get John Scott. <laughs> uh, truculence. Maybe the Leafs will trade Bernier for uh, Ryan Miller. Uh. <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> exactly. The wild, the wild speculation show. Up Kendrick, next. Kendrick for Miller. Here All right, boys. And radio. All right, guys. Uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, Doug, Mark, and Ryan signing off. We'll see you on the next edition of the End-to-End Live Video Podcast. Look for us on iTunes a little bit later tonight or tomorrow, whenever we get it uploaded. See you. Bye-bye.